Bible has a lot to say about what it will be like as the world comes to an end. We've already looked in the previous program at this topic. But what happens when the world ends is very, very interesting indeed. And I want to invite you today to open your Bibles with me, to follow along and let the Lord convict you, not just on how the world will end, but how to be ready. God bless you. Thank you for watching and listening. I want to welcome you here this morning and I hope and I pray that you'll get a blessing as we go through this Bible study, a Bible study that talks to us about what will happen at the end of the world and as surely as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, this world will end and this morning we're going to look at the Bible and see what it has to say about this very important topic, a topic that is relevant to all of us because it impacts, it affects all of us. Let's bow our heads now as we ask God to be with us as we go into this very important study. Dear Lord God of the heavens, we come before you this morning. We thank you for your grace and your mercy and your long-suffering with us. We thank you, God, that you love the world and that you want to save each person in it. This morning, God, we pray that you'll be with us in this meeting that you'll unwrap this Bible study in a clear and effective way, a way that will bring us closer to you and will give us hope in a world that is disintegrating, God. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. I was uh, reading the internet this week. In fact, I like to read the paper on the internet and each morning uh, you can talk to my wife or children it's a, almost a sacred time for me I will go into my office maybe 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning and there I will sit down and I will read the papers on the internet and I read the Sydney Morning Herald I read the Australian I read the Daily Telegraph and sometimes I read the Courier Mail I'm a Queenslander I'm, I'm originally from Brisbane and it's good to keep up with the local news And I couldn't help but be impacted as I was reading, and I believe it was the Daily Telegraph, I saw a picture of a four-year-old girl in Lebanon. Now, I have a four-year-old daughter. Her name is Danae. I'm a father, and so I can relate to this picture I saw in the newspaper just the other day. As I looked at the picture, there is the father carrying his four-year-old daughter, grief etched onto his face and he's crying out in agony because as I read the caption underneath the picture, there it was saying that this father was carrying his little girl who had just lost her life in bombings from Israeli warplanes. Now, I don't want to get technically involved in this terrible tragedy over there. Both the Israelis and the Palestinians, children, the Lebanese, children, children of God are suffering. But as I looked at the grief of that father and I looked at that little girl who was asleep in death, possibly, probably only around four years of age, I struggled with the enormity of the tragedy and the heartache and the sadness and the grief that is happening in our world. 
And I ask myself, as I ask myself often when I am confronted by this in our world, how long, how long can this world go on with its inhumanity? How long can this world go on with its sadness? How long can this world go on with its wars and its disasters and its death? Somewhere, someplace, sometime, God has got to stop what is happening in this world. As I believe, we self-destruct. And I'm glad to tell you this morning that the Bible says the grief that that poor Lebanese father was suffering, the grief, the heartache, it will not go on. In fact, the Bible tells me very clearly that soon, soon Jesus will come and he will bring a stop and it will be a sudden stop to what is happening in this world. And if you love Jesus, this is a day you want to be longing for and it's a day I believe will come soon. I want to take you to the Bible for a few moments and I want to share with you this morning from the Bible what Jesus has to say what God has to say about what will happen at the end of the world. How will it end? What will happen? Matthew chapter 24, verse 30 and 31. Jesus is speaking here. He's speaking to his disciples and they had asked him, what will it be like, Jesus, at the end of the world? Well, he had shared with them what it would be like. He said there will be wars. Oh, we're seeing wars. He said there'll be rumours of wars. He said there'll be sickness. He said there'll be disasters, earthquakes, famines, tidal waves. Everything that we are seeing right now, Jesus tells us right now in the society, in the culture, in the world we live in, everything we're seeing right now, Jesus tells us, will be in the world at its very end. In fact, I want to tell you now, I want to tell you very seriously, I believe this world is about to end. I believe Jesus is about to end it. I believe that he is about to bring this world crashing down. And I want to share with you what Jesus told his disciples, how he told them the world would end. I want to share it with you this morning. And I know it must, it will, it cannot help but impact your life. Matthew 24 verse 30 to 31. At that time, at the end of the world, Jesus says to his disciple, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see. This is what the Bible says. This is how the world will end. They will see the Son of Man, that's Jesus, coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. This world will end when Jesus comes back. And the Bible says very clearly that you will see Jesus in the sky coming with power and great glory. Verse 31. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect, those who love Jesus, they, they will gather, the angels will gather them from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. The world will end with the coming of Jesus. It will be a visible event. If you are alive, you cannot miss it. There will be angels in the sky from one end of the earth to the other. The Son of God, Jesus the King, will be visible to the whole planet. And sadly, the Bible says that most people, when they see Jesus come, when they see Jesus come to put an end to this, will mourn. We'll look at that just a little more in a second. The Bible continues because there are a lot of Christian groups, and it surprises me, that say that when Jesus comes, it will be a secret thing. 
that it will be a rapture. In other words, uh, uh, Christians will just disappear from off the planet and the wicked will be left to live on this planet. Well, the Bible doesn't necessarily indicate anything about the second coming of Jesus being secret. In fact, Revelation chapter 1 verse 7 says, Look, Jesus is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. If you are alive, and I believe most of you will be, because I believe Jesus is coming soon. If you are alive, the Bible says, look at it on the screen for yourself. Look at it in your Bibles for yourself. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, I'll read it again. Look, he, Jesus, is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. If you are alive, living on the planet at the time of Jesus' return, which will be soon, the Bible says every, your eye will see him. People say that's ridiculous, Lloyd. How can every eye see Jesus come? Well, I want to tell you that I'm a, a bit of a cricket fan. I suffered greatly in the recent Ashes tour where Australia and England played each other and unfortunately the English got the best of Australia and I would watch the Ashes test matches deep into the night. I was sitting in my home, in my lounge room in Sydney watching television, watching a cricket match which was happening 12,000 miles plus away in England live on television. Now, I want to tell you that if I can sit in my lounge room and watch an Ashes match, a cricket Ashes match, live on television with the feeble technology that mankind has compared to God, then there is no problem whatsoever in my mind of Jesus coming and the entire, the entire world, every single person seeing him. That's what the Bible says will happen. And I have no doubt in my mind that's what will happen. Now, when Jesus comes... And I wish this wasn't so. There will be two groups on the planet. There will be those who love Jesus. And you have an opportunity now to invite Jesus into your heart and to have him as your saviour and, and your master. There will be those who love Jesus, who are living life to the full and you live a good life with Jesus I'm a testimony to that. It's a wonderful life. There are those who love Jesus and are waiting for him to come. I am a person, an average Australian, who is living an average life in this beautiful country, but I want to tell you that I am waiting for Jesus to come. I'm longing for it. So there is that group and there is another group and perhaps sadly the larger group who don't know Jesus and certainly don't want him to come. In fact, I think for many people, Jesus' second coming will be more akin to an alien invasion than a rescue. I want to share with you, and I wish I didn't have to do this, but I'm compelled to because I'm a preacher of the Word, of the Bible, and this is what the Bible says. A very powerful, really, illustration on what will happen to those who are not ready for Jesus when he comes. This is Revelation chapter 6 verse 14 to 17, talking about the second coming of Jesus, the end of the world. The sky, listen to this, the sky receded like a scroll, rolling up and every mountain and every island was removed from its place. This is a, this is a, a very serious time for the planet. Jesus is coming. The sky rolls back. There are angels in the sky as far as you can see and Jesus, the King of Kings, is returning to the earth to claim his own. 
Now listen, this is what the Bible says will happen to that second group. Verse 15. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty and every slave and every free man hid in the caves and among the rocks of the mountain and they called to the mountains and the rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of his return has come. Who can stand? I want to tell you this morning that a lot of people when Jesus comes back will not be ready for him. They will not want to see him and the response they have when they see Jesus, they will recoil. In fact, they will recoil from his power. They will recoil from his, the brightness of his return. They will recoil from the angels. It will terrify them. It will horrify them so much that they'll call for the rocks, the mountains to fall on them and hide them from Jesus. Oh, I hope that is not your experience. That is not an experience that God wants you to have. He loves you deeply and he does not want you to experience what those who do not love him will when Jesus returns. Bible goes on further. Jeremiah chapter 25, this wonderful Old Testament prophet. He sees the coming of the Lord. In fact, if you take some time and read the whole chapter, Jeremiah chapter 25, you've got a, a graphic vision of what this ancient prophet saw. The Bible says at that time those slain, but the Lord will be everywhere, from one end of the earth to the other. They'll not be mourned or gathered up or buried, but they will lie like refuse on the ground. I wish it wasn't so. But you know the killings have got to stop. The war has to end. The murder and the rape and the dishonesty that is in our culture, in our society, in our world. It must end. We are self-destructing. And Jesus is going to come and save us before we commit international, worldwide suicide. The famine has to stop. The disasters that we're seeing in Israel and Lebanon where we've got children on both sides, innocent people dying. God says enough is enough. It cannot go on. And today, as you sit in this church or as you watch this on television, you make a choice. Will you be among the wicked who choose to live apart from God, who will not bow to his loving, gentle rule? Do you choose a road of unhappiness and uncertainty and fear? Or do you choose to allow Jesus into your heart to live a good life on this earth now and to be ready for him when he comes? I've got to tell you, and I'll tell you plainly because I'm con convicted to it, it's my responsibility to tell you as a preacher of the word that when Jesus comes, if he does not live in your heart, then your life will cease to exist. In fact, if we were to do a deeper study on this and we don't have time today, you'd find that the reason that the wicked die is because they cannot look at Jesus, the brightness and the glory of Jesus and live. And it is a brightness of his coming, brighter than a hundred suns that extinguishes their lives. And as their lives are extinguished, so is the sin and the hurt and the pain and the crime. These terrible things that we're all suffering from on this planet. But there are another group of people who love Jesus. And I love what the Bible has to say about this group of people. This is, this is those who love the Lord and this is what they experience when the Lord returns. 
First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Oh, I love this. Brothers, this is Paul the Apostle, a great writer in the Bible. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or those who die or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Now look at this. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, there will be some of you who are alive when Jesus returns. The Bible says, according to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. When the Bible says the word fallen asleep, it means die. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. Now listen to this. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Wonderful day. After that, we who are still alive and the left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. This is what the Bible says will happen. And so we'll be with the Lord forever. Verse 18. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. When Jesus comes, a glorious day for those who know him. He will come in power and great glory. We've already seen that. Unfortunately, tragedy that it is, the wicked will lose their lives. But those who love Jesus, what a time. I lost my grandmother. She lived to a 100 years of age. I know the pain. Oh, it doesn't matter how old they are. I've lost friends. I've lost family members. We all know the pain of death. Some of you have lost your own children, spouses. You know what I'm talking about. Jesus, when he comes, his voice will peal out across the world. Those who died, there is hope. Those who died loving Christ will hear the voice. I believe that four-year-old, that beautiful little four-year-old Lebanese girl who died in that bomb strike will hear the voice of God, the innocent, those who never had a chance to live, those who had their lives snuffed out by the wicked. They will hear the voice of God. Those we love who died in Christ, they will hear the voice of God and there will be at the second coming of Jesus a resurrection from the dead. People will be popping up out of the ground everywhere. There will be a resurrection. And the Bible says that we who are alive, we will see this resurrection as people come up from the ground. It's unbelievable, but it's true. Wherever there is Jesus, death, death cannot stand. And there'll be a resurrection and people will come up out of the ground. The Bible says, look at what the Bible says. Therefore, we will rise up in the air with the resurrected dead to meet Jesus in the air. We do not stay on this planet. So we rise up in the sky to meet Jesus in the air. But you know, the resurrected dead are raised up young, full of vigour, perfect. But we who are alive, what happens to us? I want to tell you that that we who are alive, something very special, we we go through a change, something very special happens to us as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. Listen to this. This is Paul again. He says, I tell you a mystery. We will not all die. He says, when Jesus comes, we will be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised perfect and we will be changed. For this perishable must clothe itself with imperishableness, that this person who dies will now not die. This mortal must clothe itself with immortality. We're talking eternity here. In the twinkling of an eye, the Bible says we change. Boom! 
I could pull my trouser leg up and I won't do it and show you my knee. I had an operation less than 48 hours ago. But when Jesus comes, all the deformities that we have, all the imperfections, look at my nose, it's been broken seven times. That nose is going to be re-sculptured instantly in the twinkling of an eye. By God, this knee, I've got to go in for a partial knee reconstruction probably before Christmas. It will be rebuilt, never to be operated on again. I will be, you will be perfect how we were initially meant to be. Oh, it will be a wonderful, wonderful day. Perfect human beings resurrected, perfect human beings who are alive change and then we rise up together. We are, you can imagine, it. you're standing there and all of a sudden you're, you're rising up off the ground, you're, you're looking at Jesus, there's millions of angels in the sky and the Bible says we rise up off the ground and there we meet Jesus in the sky. So where do we go? When we meet Jesus in the sky, I'd like to take you to one last verse this morning. John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3. This is one of the great passages of Scripture in the Bible. It says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. And we live in a troubling world. There's much fear out there. Interest rates are going up. Job security, financial security. There's wars all over the place. We, we live in a fearful world and, and I know many of you are fearful, worried about the future. God says through his prophet, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me, says Jesus. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, he said, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, the Bible says, there you may be also. Right now, in heaven, Jesus is preparing a home for you and he invites you right now to give your heart to him, to hear his voice, to respond to his gentle call, to let him live inside of you so that when he returns... And the Bible says it will happen. You will be ready. And together with the millions, perhaps billions, that follow Jesus, you will rise up into the sky and you will go with the, and we call it the redeemed, those who were redeemed by Jesus. You will go with them through the universe to your home in heaven that Jesus is preparing now. Won't you listen to the call of Jesus? Why don't you let him into your heart right now? Pray this prayer with me. You can follow, you can repeat it after me. And as you pray this prayer, Jesus will hear. He will respond. He will come inside you. And you can be ready for him when he comes. Dear Jesus, I don't know you well, but I invite you into my heart. Forgive me for my life. Give me a new life here on earth. Change me from the inside out. Give me peace where now there is fear. And Jesus, when you return, may you find me ready and waiting for you. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
This has been a very interesting study today and I hope you've enjoyed it. In fact, it's one of my favourite. If you want to know more, if you'd like to talk to somebody about this, look, call us on the number on screen. We'd be very happy to send somebody to you to speak further on this wonderful subject. Otherwise, you can call us, you can email us. We're very happy to send you a free DVD or audio of this beautiful, wonderful study. God bless you. Have a great day. (laughs) 